each choice we make moves us toward fear or love. On my Life and Laughter podcast, we'll talk about those choices and learn how to attract more love and connection and laughter. This is Perry Kinder. Let's get started. Welcome back to my Life and Laughter podcast. I have had so much fun doing these, and every every week I get to talk to somebody super cool, except for this week. Just kidding. It's my husband. He's back. <laughs> hey, honey. Hi. Hey. If you hadn't said that, I would have, so I get it. So. <laughs> uh, Tom Haroldson was my very first guest on my podcast, and I have to say it is the most listened to podcast that I've done so far, so... You're pretty popular. Well, I have a lot of groupies out there who you do. love to listen to my podcasts. And so <laughs> they do. Like, how can I hear more about Tom Haroldson? Oh, his wife's doing a podcast. I think they're just waiting to see if we fight on the air. So oh, we could. We could. We have before. Just not on the air. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Roger, Roger edit that for, oh, or maybe not. We'll see. Thank you for being here, Roger. <laughs> so I wanted you to come back onto the show today to talk about how to be a supportive spouse. And I think because you are such a supportive spouse that I sometimes take that for granted because I, I had a time when I didn't have that. And, and I don't know if I'm as good at supporting you as you are at supporting me. So we're going to talk about some of these things that we can do to help each other be more supportive toward our goals and our dreams and just whatever. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Okay. So I, I support I, you in that statement. <laughs> thank you. This could be a long podcast. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> So I've always believed that if you have a dream in your life, that if you're fighting for that dream, your spouse should fight alongside you and help you clear those obstacles and clear those barriers and not fight with you. There are so many times it seems like spouses or partners will throw obstacles in the way. You know, maybe they're afraid of the success of their partner. They're afraid if something happens, you know, the, the marriage will break up or the relationship will end. And have you seen that in your experience? Well, I think... Everything you're talking about kind of relates to any partnership, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a business partnership, whether it's teammates, you know, in some kind of an athletic competition or whatever. I think the key there is that whatever your story is, is your story, not my story. And the key to being supportive is not to try to integrate yourself into the same situation that whoever you're supporting is involved with. Uh, and it shouldn't be a competition. There should be give and take, but it should always be more give than take. So as we get into this discussion a little bit more, I've had some thoughts about things specifically to bring up in that, in that regard. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I support you in that. <laughs> well, you are now, but you know, it's early. So. Um, I remember once, I think you'd, you had purchased a yoga retreat for me and you give it to me for Christmas and I think it was like a four-day yoga retreat. It was probably the best gift I've ever been given. It was amazing. It was so cool. Better than the Lexus? <laughs> well, not better than the Lexus okay. that you're getting me this year. All right. But yeah, it's, it's close second. And I remember my daughter, she was probably 12 or 13 at the time. She said to you, you're letting her go to a conference for four days? And I remember what you said back to her, and I thought it was brilliant. You said, there's no letting in marriage. And there's either supporting or there's not supporting. And I thought that was such a brilliant way to respond to her. And what, have you always been that way? Have you always just been willing to, to buoy people up and to help them 
become better. I'd like to say I have always been that way, but I don't think I have been. I think it, it comes with age. It comes with maturity. It comes with experience. Um, or maybe I just bring out the best in you. Well, that actually has a lot to do with it too. <laughs> but I, th- I probably am a little more um, empathetic or sympathetic or gracious or whatever you want to call it than I might have been when I was younger. Because you do, you do realize as you go through life that um, there are... There are times when you 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 literally have to put yourself behind or in a different a different sphere with the person that you're you're working with. And again, your story is not their story. Their story is not your story. So, with regards to the yoga retreat, uh, I do remember that conversation with your daughter, and I do remember that phrase. There's no letting in marriage. And my point is, there's no ownership situation here. There's no permission that's necessary. Um, you are an adult. You are intelligent. You can make your own decisions, as can I. If there was something that was a major conflict, we would have discussed it. But not wanting to, you know, wanting to keep you back from something you'd want to do, that would be very selfish, and it, would, it wouldn't be right, and yeah. it wouldn't be loving and gracious. Again, though, a lot of it comes with age. I probably wasn't this open-minded or whatever you want to call it, gregarious, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. Right. You've, you've always had my back. I mean— Always. I could tell you I wanted to open a yoga studio on Mars and you would have Elon Musk on the phone saying, you know, how do we make this happen? You just are so willing to, you know, when I say I want to do something, it's like, let's figure out how to do it. How can I help you? How can I support you? What, what do we need to do? And I never, I never hesitate to tell you what I want to do. Not because I need your support, because I, but I know it's always going to be there that you're always going to say, yeah, that's a great idea, Perry. You've never said, I don't think you've ever said to me, you know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I don't think you'd ever say that, even if, even if it was the stupidest thing you've ever heard, which I've probably said to you a few times. So I don't think I'm as supportive of you as as you are to me. When have I ever supported you? <laughs> is, that, is that a real question? Wow. Interesting. I know. Interesting. I know. Our producer's laughing over here in the corner. <laughs> but uh, I, I Reassure think, me that I've been supportive. So I think there's different facets of support. Oh, great. Well, no, no. What I mean by that is, you know, it's verbally able to say, oh, that's a great idea. Go do that and everything else. Sometimes the way you show support is just by believing in them. You don't have to verbalize it. You trust their judgment. You trust that their knowledge and their ability is going to take them the place they need to go and want to go. And you're supportive of that because you know it's going to bring them happiness or, or joy in some way. Um, I think I think that to be honest with you, it, it involves a little bit of trust and faith in the person that you're you're dealing with. Sure. You know, it's funny that you brought that the believe in your partner. That's I have five five ways that you can develop a really good support system for your partner. How to be a very a really good supportive partner or spouse or friend or whatever your relationship is, how to be better at that. And the first one is believe in your partner, what you just said, you know, encourage them. You know, when you come up with an idea, like let's say I wanted to start a podcast, let's throw it out there. Hypothetically, I wanted to start a podcast. That's a great idea. (laughs) Isn't that a great idea? And I remember telling you that and you're like, yeah, let's get that done. Let's figure out how to make that happen. You didn't say to me, you know, how will you find the time? How will you find people to talk to you? You don't have any experience doing any of this. You didn't, you didn't shoot me down at all. Not, not once. You were just jumping right into my, into my circle saying, yeah, what do we need to do to make this happen? And one of the reasons for that is because you in particular, you, you think things through before you throw them out. We weren't driving down the road. We weren't driving by a radio station and you said, oh, wow. I got an idea. Let's do podcasts. 
you know, you, you'd, you'd thought about it. it was preemptively thought not preemptively thought you've thought in advance about what you wanted to do. So when you throw out an idea or a suggestion and when we start talking about podcasts, I said, elaborate on that or something like that. You were able to elaborate for several minutes about <laughs> okay, what up. you wanted to do, people you wanted to bring on. You've obviously done this a number of times. I don't know how many you've done now, but um, more than a dozen, I think. I think this is 13. Wow. I don't know, 12 or 13. Unlucky 13. That would be <laughs> me. So. But, uh, and you've done it. You said, this is what I want to accomplish, and you're able to do it. Now, that has to do with supportiveness on my part because I believe in you. And I know that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it, and you're going to do it right. Right. And that's the first step is to believe in your partner, believe in their dreams, see their point of view, see what they want to accomplish with that. You know, it's funny. um, I think some people, not you, but some people might say, you can do this, but you have to do this. You know, what if, you you know, you're raising the kids or you have this job or you're trying to be a gardener. They give you all these reasons of things, of reasons that you have to do before you accomplish your goal. I call that the Cinderella paradox, that once you get all the wash done and once you do all the dressmaking and once you do all the cooking and cleaning, then you have time to pursue your dreams. And of course, by that time, you're 90 and pretty much feeble and in a wheelchair and not doing a lot anyway. So they push off their dreams for so long, they think they have to reach this level of, okay, now I have the time or yeah, now I have the financing or now I have the ability. And I think people drop their dreams because they think they have to wait for something else to happen before they can do it. Do you one, see that? One thing that I've always admired about you professionally and personally is that you don't, you don't hit plateaus. You don't say, wow, if only I could do this, I'd be satisfied. If only I could get to this place, that'd be good enough. I could just rest now. You don't re- walk upstairs and stop on the landing and say, okay, well, now I've accomplished that. You're always thinking ahead. And because that's the case, and because I see you follow through with those things, it's very easy for me to trust you when you come up with a new suggestion or a new idea. Interesting. Good to know. Is that, is that a good thing to keep, to not stop on the stairs sometimes? <laughs> Do you think I should stop more and maybe have a glass of lemonade and kick back? Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't <laughs> get to a point and, and be able to en- enjoy it. I don't <laughs> think you should be constantly trying to reach up and climb the rope and continue to climb the rope till you're out of the ceiling and out of the gym and wherever you're going. But, uh, but resting on laurels for too long, I, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. And so when you come up with ideas, as you did when we talked about this podcast, as some of the dreams I know you have as a life coach and as a yoga instructor, things that you're going to be doing going forward, you not only have the ideas, you've, you've conceived of the, the process to get there. And it's very easy for me to be supportive in that situation because I know it's, it's, it's preformed. You know where you're going. Have I ever suggest, suggested anything that you thought, that's batshit crazy? Uh, probably having me as a guest more than once on your <laughs> podcast would enter that realm. So, no, not, not really. Uh, you know, not you really? talked about Elon Musk and Mars. You didn't mention Matt Damon, my personal friend who I interviewed at Sundance and was in The Martian, who might be one of your first <laughs> students. But uh, but you know, it's like when you know husbands drop names in the middle of podcasts. It's just, yeah, just randomly dropping just Matt randomly, Damon's name. Yeah, randomly. I support so, you in that. Thank you. You're welcome. I didn't say Ben Affleck. <laughs> I so do you're support you your Sundance excursion every year, and I do support the fact that I'm going to hear stories about that for the next twenty years. And therein lies one of the points that I made made earlier. As you're talking about yoga studios on Mars, <laughs> I had to interject part of my story. That's a very big problem in relationships, whether it's personal or professional. Your story is your story. It's not my story. 
and I don't need to yeah, top it. Yeah, but it can be our story. It can. I think a good partnership, it becomes our story. I agree with that. If, if whatever I say doesn't somehow circumvent what you say or try to top what you've said, which I think is a big problem in a lot of relationships, business or, or personal. Yeah. Um, so after believe in your partner and encourage them and be positive, um, I think the next part is really active listening really tuning into what your partner is saying and not trying to interject your fears or your emotions and just kind of work through the whole thought process with them just by being a sounding board. I think you do that really well. I think you're a pretty good listener. Do you agree? I could be a better listener for the reasons that we just talked about. It's it's very common for me to interject some angle of my story when you're telling your story or perhaps or, or just telling anybody's story for that matter. Um, Listening is key. And along those lines, you really need to listen. You need to pay attention. You and I both know, because we're in media, how how many distractions there are out there right now. Right. Um, I don't think you're giving away trade secrets too much, but we've sat on a couch watching a TV show with you having a book in your lap and an, and your phone on your right hand because... Oh, I know, I know. Well, you don't you don't want to waste time. Well, no. So when there's a commercial on during a movie, <laughs> you're into the book or you're onto your phone. But, but that's not true when we're having conversations. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to, to set up an active listening situation is to get rid of distractions. You know, don't, don't have it during a family dinner when there's kids screaming or the dogs barking. Don't have it if you're both tired, if you're both mad at each other. You know, this is not the time to have an active listening discussion. Well, there's a lot of silence in those moments. <laughs> there but. are a lot of silence. Um, get in the right frame of mind. You know, I'll say... Your partner says, I want to do this. And you think, okay, I'm going to be here as a support to my partner. I'm going to listen to what he has to say. And then I think part of active listening is asking the right questions. You know, the, the hows, the whys, the wheres. And I have to say, you do that to me, but it drives me nuts. Like you'll say, yeah, I want to do a podcast. Okay, why? Like, well, because I want to do a podcast. How? I mean, I know you're asking me the right questions to help me think through the process, but it's like, because I just want to do it. I just want to get it done. But asking those questions really helps develop the thought process of how to move forward. I think um, active listening isn't just sitting and nodding and, and, sh and, and staring. It's getting your partner engaged in conversation. So I think there's a fine line there because you can ask questions that will help refine the person's comments or you know, podcasts, how, why, not questioning whether you can do it, right. but throwing ideas as, what have you thought through? How are you going to accomplish this? And, you know, again, going back to the trust factor, the fact that you feel I'm very supportive, which I appreciate and I try to be, it's partly because it's very easy to support somebody who thinks things through. And you do. You, do, you're, you don't do off the cuff stuff. You didn't suddenly say, hey, I got an idea. Let's go sell the house and, and move to the country and raise cows. I would probably be supportive of you doing that. First of all, you wouldn't suggest that. I but, would not. Although I do like cows, so that would be a possibility. No, you like to eat cows. That's you don't true. Like not to the raise same cows. thing. That's true. But, um, so now Pete is going to be writing. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, you know, it's easy to be supportive when I know something has been thought through. So if I ask questions like that, if I said to you, boy, I would really like to do this. And you said, how will you accomplish that? You're not questioning whether I can. Right. You're really wanting me to tell you how, what my definition is of, of what's my plan? What am I going to do? So active listening goes back to the person who's talking. You know, don't jump to conclusions that what your partner's asking you is saying, well, that's stupid. Because so I, think, I think we get in our heads, if we have an idea, if we want to do something, we already have the idea in our head that this is stupid. This is going to fail. 
And I think we're looking for any reassurance that that's the case. So when you say to me, how are you going to do that? It's like, oh, he thinks I can't do this. And then I'm just automatically pissed. Right. So it takes two to actively listen, one to actively listen and one not to be a crazy person. So I think I try to do that for the most part. And, you know, and, and when you're in a situation when you, when you want to create something new or you want to do something or you want to try something, I think it could be a stressor too. And stress makes us all a little bit crazy. And I think we need to take that into account when we're talking to each other. If you're feeling that level of stress, if you're feeling that level of disconnection, that maybe this isn't, isn't the time to talk about it. There are times in all relationships, again, business or personal, where the best thing you can say to the person who's presenting an idea is to not say anything at all. Yeah. To be quiet. Let them stew in their own thoughts, in their own juices. Uh, We've probably both done things, not just necessarily between us, but where something's flown out of our mouths and you wish you could pull it back in like you were reeling in a salmon (laughs) and you can't. And the worst thing that could happen to mitigate that and make it worse would be for the other person to say something rude in return. Yeah, that's usually what happens. That's what usually happens. We are humans and that's... We just our, escalate our, the situation. We do. It's our human nature. So, um, yeah, I think you, you, listening means listening as best you can without judgment. If you ask me a question about something and you want my opinion or you want my suggestion or you want a judgment, then render it. But if they're not looking for your judgment or your opinion then just listen and, and, uh, and acknowledge, you know, what, what they've said. And then you can think about it, but uh, I don't think you should just automatically knee jerk reactions. Oh, what are you talking about? That's not going to happen. Right. Which I think that's a knee jerk reaction for a lot of people. Uh, the next point is don't try to solve the problem. And that's such a human thing to do is if I hear you talking about maybe something that you're experiencing that's frustrating to you, it's like, well, why don't you just do this? And you're like, uh, I just wanted to talk about this. Um, so how do you, how do you specifically not jump in and try to fix the problem? How do you stay in a place where it's not your problem to fix? I think, again, in our relationship, as long as we've been together, I, I've learned triggers, trigger statements, trigger points or whatever. Like what? Give me one. Well, jumping into a conclusion, you know, I want to do a podcast. What are you talking about? You don't have any experience doing podcasts. Why would you want to do that? There's a million podcasts out there. Everybody's going to listen to podcasts. Nobody's going to listen to your podcast. I feel like, I feel terrible. See how well that worked? Yeah. So even if you have those thoughts, maybe you're questioning whether the the wisdom of a decision or disagreeing with the direction somebody wants to go, I don't think it's always your place to throw out a suggestion that perhaps, especially if it was unsolicited. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking as a woman, I don't want you to fix my problems. I mean, sometimes I might want to have some suggestions, but I think for the most part, I just want to talk things through with you so I can solve my own problems and have you there just as a prop, basically, where I'm just talking through the solution. Not, that's no offense. You're very handsome. I'm man prop. candy. Is that you're what you're man saying? Candy. There you go. You're my eye candy. There you go. Just listening to me work through my problems. Because as, as I talk about it out loud, that seems to give me the direction I need to go to solve the problem. And if you jump in and just fix it for me, I don't have that thought process that went through my head. I don't have that whole thing. It's also difficult in a relationship as opposed to a business partnership because there's emotion involved in a relationship and a tendency, at least I believe there's a tendency. I still have the white knight syndrome. You know, I'm old and, and there was a time when, you know, you were expecting. You were actually on the 
Knights of the Round Table. I absolutely, I absolutely was. As a matter of fact, thank you. I remember <laughs> when they invented dirt. But anyway, uh, you know, I'm the kind of guy that wants to open your doors, and I'm the kind of guy that wants to make it easier for you in some ways. And there may be times when you just flat out want to open your own door, right? In, in metaphorically or physically, <laughs> I'll just open my own damn doors. That's right. Uh, the next point is to don't be false positive. You don't have to wallow in the mud with your partner and get down and woe is me. But if they are, if they maybe experienced a failure or they experienced something that didn't go the way they thought it was going to be, you don't have to be the happy clown trying to buoy them up, trying to make them feel better, allowing them to sit in their emotion and feel that is super hard. If I saw that you, you were in a dark place and I felt that I, it wasn't my job to cheer you up because it really isn't my job to cheer you up, but I can be there for you and love you. I think that's really, really powerful. It's very difficult not to want to solve the problem. It's very mm. difficult, especially with somebody that you care about. Um, you, you, you feel like you should, you should be part of the solution. And sometimes you can't be part of the solution. But again, I think that's a fine line. Uh, the way that, that we deal with issues might be different than the way we dealt with them when we first got married. We're older, we're more mature, we understand well, each other better. Thank you. Mature and older. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. And Thank that's you. It. Thanks for listening. Thank, I'm such a good active listener. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I, I think you, you've, when I overreact to something, a lot of times you don't react at all, which is the best reaction possible. Yeah, but it makes you mad. And mad isn't the right word. It makes you frustrated. If you're, yeah. if you have an extreme emotion and I don't react, yeah. it's like, are you listening to me? Right. Are you, did you die in this right. conversation somewhere? Right. And yet, conversely, sometimes that's the best thing you can do is not to try to solve the problem. Try to be part of the solution. Stupid analogy has nothing to do with you and me. We're not wildlife. But if you, <laughs> if you poke a bear and the bear doesn't react, you think somehow you failed to arouse the bear's attention. And maybe the bear just isn't interested <laughs> never, in attacking you. I've never... That's a really strange analogy. Well, I've been I've been doing stories out of the DWR today, <laughs> so, so you know, wildlife all the resources. Poking the bear stories. There you go. <laughs> and part of that, you know, don't be a false positive, don't be their cheerleader when they don't need it, is really validating whatever emotion they're feeling. Say, you know, you seem really you seem really down. Let's talk about why you're why you're down right now, and helping them raise their energy, but not in a way where it's manipulated by you. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm very guilty of always asking you what's wrong. You know I that. Must, I must look sad all the time. No, but I think there's a, I, I think in, again, in relationships, because we're talking as a husband and wife here, I think you, you sense when there's a disconnect. It may have nothing to do with you. It may have to do with something that has nothing to do with your house or your daily lives. It's a work-related thing. It's something you saw, you know, on the internet, whatever the deal is. But when there's that feeling of, it doesn't seem Right. It's very, and, and because I probably insecure at times, my tendency is to say what's wrong. And that's the worst thing. That's the worst thing I think people can say is if somebody wants to be left alone or they, they're working through something, don't feel like you need to jump in the middle of that. It may have nothing to do with you. Right. Or even just saying you seem upset, you know, do you need some time alone? Do you want to talk about it? And then give them that choice whether to have that time or whether to have the conversation. Yeah, and then once you stop strangling me, I get the impression it's time for me to go out the door. So it takes fine. a while for you to understand. It does. I have a strong neck. <laughs> you do now. <laughs> <laughs> you build up with muscles Calluses. for a long time. <laughs> and then the the fifth point, the final point 
um, how to support your spouse is don't be threatened by their accomplishments. Right. And I think that's a, and I'm speaking as a woman, I think that's a bigger deal for men than for women. So I thought, sorry, go ahead. I thought of two examples. And when, when we talked about this briefly, um, you and I have, uh, some friends who are both stand-up comedians, husband and wife. She has gone on and she's had some success. She's performed in a lot of clubs. She's performed here in Salt Lake. They've, they've now moved to the South. Her career has kind of, uh, they're not superstars, but they, their careers have continued to progress. And right now her career is, is quite frankly ahead of his. I have no idea how that, uh, works in, in their relationship. Although things that I see he writes about her are very supportive. Right. And then this last year, as an example, you and I, because we're both journalists, were uh, entered in a contest with the Society of Professional Journalists for awards. Uh, I entered four things. You entered four things. You received three awards. I received no awards. And so when we went to the banquet that night, I thought to myself, I had no idea what you'd receive because they didn't tell us in advance. You ended up taking two first places and a second. And the first place were impressive because they were not just for a community paper. They were going against the daily papers yeah. and your columns won. Kicked ass. You did. I got zip. Okay. Zilch. Nothing. Um, I was very excited for you, but I was a little hurt that I didn't, was able to achieve those things. But I don't think I made you feel guilty about it. I don't think we were driving home and I was saying, oh, you think you're important. You're going to go home and dust off your awards. You know, <laughs> you obviously were thinking it because no. you knew exactly what to say. I wasn't. <laughs> I knew exactly what not to say. And that's my point. So I think you're right. I think there's a tendency in any relationship. Unfortunately, there's a competitiveness, which is really sad when it comes to. Well, competition can be good though, because it can push you to, to work harder or to try new things. To a point. To a point. Yeah. So at any rate, you know, your podcast is quite frankly doing very, very well. You have a good listenership. We've been doing podcasts with the newspapers for a couple of different years, a couple of different iterations of that. Um, I have no idea what our demographics are or our, our, our successes on that. But I, you know, we hear a lot about yours and, uh, and I'm really happy for you. That doesn't make me jealous or envious or anything else. I'm very, very excited about that. Well, I see it as, as our success, too. I don't see it as my success. I see it as, you know, Roger's success, who helps me put these things together, and your success for being here and for helping me and giving me ideas and having conversations about this. I mean, it's not a it's not a one-person success story. I don't think it ever could be, especially in a partnership. I think if you embrace the idea that because you're in it together, it raises both of you up. And I think we lose sight of that, that there doesn't have to be one that's sinking when the other one is lifting. You know, you asked me in the beginning, you, you said that you didn't think you were as supportive of me as I am supportive of you. And I totally disagree with that because I think support comes in a lot of ways. Every day when we start our day, every night when we, when we finish our night, there's a love and a commonality that we share that carries on into all the other elements of that day. If I came home and said, hey, I really want to do a story that's going to involve me having to live on Antelope Island in a tent for a week. I'd love to see that. You'd be very supportive. And <laughs> I would. You, and you'd also say, go right ahead. I'm staying here. Exactly. I can support you from afar. That's right. That was right. And there's no cell phone service. And she'd say even better. I have to listen to you for a week. But um, I, I absolutely feel your support. If I didn't, I wouldn't be able to feel as, as balanced and as um, settled as I feel now. And I don't mean settled in a bad way. I mean, you know. Not jumping around, not not bouncing like a, a ball in a in a room. 
Uh, stupid analogy. But anyway, I feel very settled and grounded. Grounded is a better term because of, of the, the support that we have for each other. So I feel very supportive. You know, everything you've tried in the last two or three years, the podcasts, you've begun life coaching, have some success doing that. You've taught yoga for 15 years and you're very successful at that. Started doing workshops this year. Workshops. That you actually came to one of them. I, I did. I, very I proud of you. Six or seven hours of a Saturday at a yoga workshop and I was the only guy there. You but, were awesome. So that I, was very supportive. So, um, you know, I have great faith and confidence in the things that you do. It's very easy to be supportive of you. I think the key to being supportive in any relationship, again, is to not to integrate yourself and your story into their story. Because otherwise, it just becomes a matter of wills. Well, you did that. Well, look what I did. Look what I, look where I went. Look where I traveled. Look who I met. Look who I talked to. And that doesn't get you anywhere. It just becomes a tug of war that, that really lends to no winners. I thought of a way I supported you. Okay, let's hear it. When you wanted to finish your book and publish your book. A great novel, by the way. It is, it is a great novel. It's Dreaming of Hope by Tom Haroldson. And Three printings. <laughs> and you asked me about getting that done. And I was so excited for you. When the books came in the mail, I remember how excited you were. And when you went to book signings and you did all kinds of stuff with it. And it was so fun to sit back and watch you be in the center of that and to have, you know, be able to talk about your book and to show your story behind the book and what it meant to you. And I remember somebody, I think they called you or emailed you and said how much that book meant to their daughter. And to see your reaction to that is worth all, all, everything I put into your support. I mean, it was just so cool to see that happen for you and to be a part of that. And that's the same thing. It was a, a lifting of both of our ships to see you happy and to be involved and to be a part of that was really was really a cool thing for me. And and I wouldn't have finished that book without your, you know, the, the energy that you... And, oh. No, you didn't bitch about <laughs> it at all. But you were constantly my cheerleader and constantly saying, you need to get that done. It's a good story. You knew where the story was about. You knew it needed to be, probably needed to be told. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I got it done because that story was in my mind for a long, long time before I ever actually sat down and started writing it. So you were very supportive and we were very excited and we went to a really nice dinner that night, as I recall. We did? Where did we go? Uh, up the canyon, whatever that's called. Uh, Log Haven? Log Haven. Who could be a sponsor if they wanted to be. Log Haven, Call a great me. potential sponsor for Perry's <laughs> podcast. We also got engaged there. We did. So we two did. reasons to be Absolutely, a absolutely. Call me. So... I feel better now that I have a, a sponsor story for you because <laughs> I feel like you're always listening to my crazy ideas and just saying, yeah, dear, that's great. Go ahead and jump off the bridge. And I did mention Matt Damon, so there should be some uh, uh, plug there. We can, we can edit that out. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your support and your love and your constant steady devotion to me and back at you. I feel the same way. <laughs> and I love your podcast. I listened to all your podcasts. You've had amazing guests you know, we've shared some of the comments that have been said. You're you're doing a great, great service. If you've not listened to number 10, which is where Perry did her own podcast with that guest. Oh, yeah. That was scary. Is, no, it wasn't. It was excellent. It was a TED Talk on tape. It really was. It was amazing. You'll learn a lot about Perry if you listen to that mm. podcast. Is that good? Oh, absolutely. Good. Absolutely good things. And this is the last podcast of 2021. So goodbye, 2021. You sucked. 
moving on to January. I'm sure glad that 2021 and 2020 are behind us because nothing <laughs> but good things could possibly await it can't get in worse. 2022. According to everything I've read on social media, it's just going to get better. <laughs> That's right. And on that note, thank you so much. I love you, dear. I love you too. Thank and you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting my podcast. I'm, if, I'm having so much fun doing it. Thank you for Roger too, for producing this. And again, as always, if you want to support my podcast, you can buy my book, $12 at Perry-Kinder on Venmo, and I will send you an autographed book. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Do you want more life and laughter? Check out my blog at lnlcoaching.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook at Life and Laughter Coaching. See you again soon. Bye.